podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and thanks for tuning in to another podcast from Glasgow's Green, aka GigPod. This is episode 15 and it's another GigPod Chats to Show. Now I'm Stevie and I'm absolutely delighted to say I'm joined by someone who is the opposite of Rizzo in every way. He's got good manners for a start, his dress sense is impeccable, he doesn't drink warm cans of cider, and above all else, he's a true Celtic great. It's Johan Yalbe. Johan, thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast today. No, my pleasure, my pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. Makes two years then. So, generally, I just wanted to ask, with everything going on just now amidst the pandemic and the bad news coming in waves, how are you getting on? Yeah, what can you do? Uh, you have to obviously to try to be as positive as you can. It's just... Uh, it's obviously something that uh, no one of us uh, have experienced before. It's um, yeah, it's a bit surreal, you know. In Sweden, though, uh, we've not we've not been through a total lockdown, you know, like in UK and like in, in Glasgow, uh, uh, because of the the rules. Though the government are not uh, allowed to uh, shut down gyms and shops. And, and so on. I think they're going to start with it in January, though. It's a new law coming in. So uh, we've actually been quite blessed, though. So, so it's, it's not been as hard, but we probably should have. We should have probably gone through in uh, a lockdown because all the cases are rising quickly right now. You know, we're struggling big now. So, and especially now here at Christmas time, you know, it's strict rules and regulations. And you were mentioning there about if there's going to be a lockdown in January, because I've been seeing you still been hammered in the gym as well. Are you still going to be able to do workouts? Are you still going to be able to maintain that physique in January onwards? <laughs> or are you going? To, are you going to be like me and start eating Big Macs and and all that and kebabs? How's it going to go? Oh, I love the, all that food. You know, I eat, I eat a lot of burgers and everything. No, obviously. <laughs> In a way, that would be quite sad, not only for me, but for people uh, uh, to, to, to not have the chance to, you know, to go to the gym or go to the golf course or, or you know, playing squash tennis. It's relaxing. It's a, it's a mental thing, you know, uh, to just get out of the, the house, the flat or, or, or so on. So, so uh, hopefully not, that's not going to occur, you know. But if it happens, it happens. You just have to obviously... You have to accept it and, uh, and make the most of it. Uh, but I was, I was before I was going to lie and say, yeah, but I only train maybe three times a week, twenty minutes. <laughs> it's still, way, it's still like a hundred percent more than me, Johan. So, uh, so I, I want to say you were doing promo work for William Hill ahead of the Scottish Cup final on Sunday. Um, yeah. did, did you manage to see the game? And if so, like us at Gig Pod, did you see that coming after the comfortable first half? Uh, I, I watched the, the, the full game. Uh, uh, luckily, it was on the on the telly here in Sweden. So obviously, no. Uh, to, to, to answer the question, no, I didn't see it coming. I was very satisfied with the first half. Uh, we were, or, or I felt like we were in, in, in total control uh, without really, you know, without really creating that much. I mean, something we were a better team, uh, and it looked like it would have been easy. Easy second 45 minutes just waiting to, to, to see them lift the trophy. But as soon as the first goal came in, you know, from Hart, you could see that the, the nerves crept in straight away. And, and uh, I think this, I think they're starting to get a wee bit passive, you know. But the, the problem is the goals 
we are conceding. You know, the, the goals, because I'm speaking uh, as a supporter now, uh, and how I see from my point of view, uh, the, the goals we are conceding are way, way too easy. Uh, it's been like that, you know, for, for uh, you know, six, eight, ten weeks. Uh, and, uh, you know, you need to have a solid foundation, regardless, you know, how much attacking flair and talent you have on the pitch. You need to have a solid foundation. And the goals we're conceding are from set pieces or crosses. And it's not really like direct headers or, 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 or anything like that all the time. It's most of the time, the goals that we concede has been like in the second phase. The ball uh, comes loose, you know. Someone is trying to obviously kick the ball away, you head the ball away. And, and, and then in the second phase, it's like the opponents are reacting quickly. And, and that's the problem. There's something, you know, obviously, Neil and his staff, they need to, to look at, and they probably are, obviously. Uh, you know, I know how much, you know, work they put in. Uh, uh, so, so they, they're probably looking at it, and they, they need to do something about that to see us obviously uh, catch Rangers and, and, and get back to to be number one. See that sort of thing though, where you have a defensive frailty like we do at the moment, and as you said, we've been conceding very easy goals. Can it be a quick fix, in your opinion? Have you been there before in management? Mm, oh, definitely, definitely. You know, it can be quick. But I have a lot of sympathy, sympathy for for, for Neil. As being the boss, you know, it, this is it's not really that much you can do on the training pitch, the training ground. Yes, you can obviously, you know, uh, you can practice uh, defensive corners and set up the team, you know, who's going to be Marcus and who's going to be Sonal and, and, and so on. Uh, the thing is, though, it's probably nothing wrong how they set up. The problem is, though, obviously, how they react. And that's that's something you have to put in a lot of uh, responsibility uh, to the players. You can probably you can you can obviously train at it, but it's it's not like setting up a team how you're going to defend in open play or attack in open play. If you're going to play three five two or four three three, where obviously you you drill the team and you have a match plan. This is more for me reaction mistakes. And, and, and you know instincts from the players and characters so so uh, so so I have a lot of sympathy though uh, with the, the coaching staff and Neil in this regard uh, it, it's not that easy to just set up because you never know in which way the opposition is going to take the corners if you obviously train and, and, and practice attacking set plays it's different because obviously you have you know a number of instructions to where, you know, which area you're going to attack, or who's going to attack that area, where you're going to put the ball in. But you never know, obviously, what the opposition is going to do. So uh, I, I do think it's, it's a bit more difficult this time, obviously, to just practice on it. But uh, they really need to chat about it. Then you also need to tell the players, and I think the players are aware of it, you know, because... If I was at and a half and the way I was as a player, you know, mm-hmm. I took a lot of pride in obviously keeping clean sheets and make sure that I won every header and every tackle and, and you know. Keeping on the topic of the defence, one of the things I say on the podcast on a weekly basis is always I feel with the rotating of the goalkeepers, I don't think it's helping the defence and in your playing days, yeah. did you feel more comfortable knowing that the goalkeeper behind you was a persistent number one? Or did you and your teammates at the back prepare for any goalkeeper coming in as part of your game plan? No. No, it, 
it's much easier uh, being a defender or, or obviously uh, at the back if you have a, a number one because you, you know when you get a relationship with that goalkeeper, yeah. you know what he's going to do. Uh, you know what his starting position is going to be. You know his strengths. Is it good to come up and catch the ball? You know, go out and, and or does he want to stay on his line? So, but obviously it happened. You know, you know injuries can happen. You know, it wasn't really that much loss of form when I was playing. You know, with the goalkeepers, it was more obviously if an injury happened, and 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 you deal with it. But. Yes, uh, uh, to change them all the time, it's not easy if you want to have a unit that uh, uh, really, really gets strong defensively, no. I'm not too sure, and I not, might not be able to comment there. Obviously, uh, because they started with Barkas in goal, and, and, and in fairness, you know, he's been there enough time now to, to, to show us that he should be number one, and I'm not sure he's done enough, really, you know, and... and, and so, so obviously they've been behind the body in the way what they want to do. What are they going to stick with Scott Bain or, or obviously let Conor Hazard get his chance? And, and obviously they need a latter. And, 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 and obviously you can say he's taken it because they, they've started winning. I think we'll stick with Conor Hazard and goals definitely um, tomorrow against Ross County as well. I think he'll keep the number one spot after he's, I guess the script would say, heroics um, against yeah, Hearts. Yep, yep. But I wanted to ask you, do you agree with Neil Lennon that, that the players now have that burden of expectation to do the treble, the quadruple treble, if you will? Do you think that's been lifted or will the players put that behind them because they now have to deal with the fact that they're in a position where they find themselves so far behind in the league uh, with Angels? Yeah, but this is the, this is the really interesting thing, though. Uh, obviously, um, I think they are all relieved and I'm lost for words. You know, I, I, you know, I'm, I think everyone connected to the club, Celtic, should be so proud what it just done because it will never, never happen again. You know, I can't see it happen again. You know, to, to win a quadruple treble, it's it's incredible. You know, and and uh, all the plaudits for that. Uh, and I think uh, you know, uh, uh, all the pressure is off when it comes to that. Now the pressure starts again because they put themselves in this position. Mm-hmm. where the pressure is on. Because uh, they haven't performed well enough. I mean, it, I don't think, you know, I think anyone who said that would lie. They, they haven't performed well enough. The results have not been good enough in the league. I'm talking about in the Europa League, to a certain degree. Uh, uh, so, so, but I do think, obviously, I'm not too sure, obviously, the performance at the weekend would build more confidence in them. I think just yes, being relieved and lifting that trophy will. And they've won the last two before that. So obviously they are now on getting back to this winning habit, which we all now need and, and, and obviously want, you know, because uh, Celtic now, need, they need to get back to accept the same form and the way they played from New Year 2020 and onwards where obviously they had an incredible run and, and getting that such a form, you know, because they need to win these three games before the old firm game to put any pressure on Rangers. And, and I think I think they can do it. You know, I'm not criticizing that sense because I think they can do it. I think they got the, the players to do it. But the interesting thing is now is this new pressure because they, for the first time, a lot of these players, they've never been criticized before. 
now they obviously have been under a lot of criticism. Uh, and in a way, right, it's true, because you have to accept that you get criticized if you don't perform or, or win when, when you're at Celtic Football Club. You know, that, that's, that's, that's your bread and butter. If you do well enough, fine, then you get applauded. If you don't, then you get criticism. You know, that's fair play, isn't it? So, so, so it's important now, obviously, that they really, really, obviously, show character to be able now, even if they're not going to play well in all these games, they need to get the three points. One of the games we mentioned was the New Year game against Rangers. And amazingly enough, you and Neil Lennon achieved what was deemed an impossible task on January the 2nd, 2011. It will be 10 years exactly to that day in a few weeks when you beat Rangers 2-0 at Ibrox with a depleted side. No one gave us any chance of getting a win that day. How did you prepare for that one with a side that are missing so many key players? Uh, no, we never felt that we were beating beforehand. It obviously, it put a lot of uh, a lot of more thinking getting the right team out there because, like we say, of, of uh, a lot of players missing. But what we really hoped was for some of these play that maybe didn't have uh, as much game time as, as others, you know, to really grasp the opportunity. And, and Neil is a master when it comes to speaking to players and, and, and motivating them. He's very good at that. And, and I'm, I'm sure he still is. Uh, and uh, we, we really hope that he would, you know, go out and play without any pressure. Yes, you know, obviously a mega pressure game, you know, because we, we it's an old farm game, and it's, it's, if you win, it's one of the best feelings in the world. Uh, but with more of the to try to relax them, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, uh, that they would grasp of the opportunity, you know, really, you know, to, to, to heighten their game. And, and I think they did, you know, and, but we never felt like we were beating. We felt that we had every chance in the world. But, you know, that's the beauty of football as well. You know, if you, if you get it right, uh, with the talent you, that Celtic usually have, that, that, then you know you're going to get results. The talent in that squad is ridiculous. It's just down to on that day who can handle the yeah. pressure. And I, I personally do think Celtic are still a stronger team than Rangers, but it's all very well good me saying that when Rangers are, what, 16 points clear. But it's all about on that day and who can handle the the pressure getting into it. And we can't just go there thinking a draw is a good result. It has to be a win. And that's what's going to be interesting about it. How do you see that game going? And do you think Neil Lennon will set up like a strong attacking team for it? I agree. Uh, firstly, I agree with what you're saying. Uh, I think uh, Celtic's got the better players. I can't say the stronger team because the, the, table, the table never lies. Uh, uh, in that regard, you know, and, and we are some points behind them, but at the same time, you know, I think it's going to be a bit more level, you know, because right now the Ravens got a lot of confidence, but if Celtic can come with three straight wins, you know, another two beforehand, now, so that would be five straight wins in the league. I think it's, uh, you know, a, a really, really good chance that we're going to be level when it comes to also defeating our confidence. And, and, you know, that, then, then you know uh, that Celtic, in my view, probably got to play better players, but they need to be as good as a team. Because what, what Rangers have done, though, you have to give them credit in the sense that they don't concede goals. And that gives them a solid foundation. They don't concede goals. They've been quite strong in that regard. 
They've actually put in a lot of good performances in Europe and results. So, so fine. You know, I wouldn't mind people or the press making them favourites, you know. But, you know, with, with the, if we win these three games coming up to the Old Farm game, then uh, I, I, I definitely can see uh, something getting three points out there. And I think it's going to be quite attack-minded. And the interesting thing is how uh, Rain's going to set up. Are they going to be just a bit lower and, and obviously let uh, Celtic have the ball because that's probably the thing that's surprised me this season that, yes, we are criticizing the, 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 the goals we concede and, 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 and uh, uh, how easy it's been. But, you know, I've been surprised too that, you know, when, we, when something's played against teams that are sitting in with a lot of bodies behind it, it we haven't created that many clear-cut chances, you know, and that's, that's the only worry for me, you know. That's something that should be easy for a team like Celtic and with the talent that's in there when it comes to the attacking uh, uh, philosophy that Celtic has. So, so uh, uh, that's going to be interesting, but, you know, I can definitely, definitely, you know, and obviously fingers crossed it's going to be three straight wins now on the chart, and I can definitely see Celtic going there and, and obviously attack Rangers and, and obviously the, win the battle and win the game, you know. I don't want to even think about a loss. And this is a wee bit of a left field question here, right? But see, not long after the game at Ibrox in 2011, we signed uh, Freddie Lundberg and he made his debut for Celtic against Berwick Rangers, I believe it was. Now, he went on to make seven appearances for the club and then he went to Japan later that year. But it's a signing that many were stunned by at the time and it's possibly one of our most obscure deals of all time in the grand scheme of things as a club. But... I wanted to ask, did you have did, did you have an input in that deal, and did you think there would be a bigger impact made there? Uh, <laughs> Freddie at the time uh, still had a lot to offer, and and obviously uh, he had his personality and CV. It was someone we thought, you know, the way he played the game, obviously being able to attack fullbacks. Uh, running at them with a the ball that he's always been good at. It was something that we thought we needed, you know, in the squad. Not in the team. It wasn't like we didn't actually sign him that he was guaranteed to start or anything like that, you know. Uh, that wasn't really the case. Uh, the, the thing with Freddie, though, unfortunately, uh, and if you look at his history, he had a lot of, lot of injuries, you know, and obviously that was. That was obviously something that uh, dragged on uh, during his time at Celtic, you know, unfortunately, you know. But, you know, in training, he looked, you know, apart from maybe <clears throat> the first 10 days, the first two weeks, he, he actually looked quite sharp uh, in training. But he broke down a, a number of times, you know, so it was really difficult to use him, you know. And, and, and you know, I don't really know, obviously, the strategy this time, you know, it's, I'm quite so Neil, obviously, as a manager, you want to strengthen the team. You know, I don't, I'm not too sure if he's going to be allowed to, but, you know, uh, I'm quite sure he's pinpointed a couple of the positions, you know, and, and I think they're working, you know, behind doors, you know, closed doors to, to, to obviously try to make a few deals, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, it, that's going to come up. But uh, they need to do it on the park, on the pitch, you know, to start with, you know, that's... Uh, mm-hmm. uh, that 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 is the thing, you know, and and uh, I'm not really criticizing that. So I said we have to agree right now, you know, everyone that something uh, uh, have put themselves in this position because they haven't performed well enough, you know. And now obviously it's 
now now they're going to play with a lot of press, you know, in the sense that they they, they can't afford, you know, and to 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 drop points. They they have to to keep on winning, and and if they do, they might and hopefully will uh, catch wins. Going on about this game, it's stressing me out. The more I think about it, Johan, the more that my head's about to explode. So I want to move on to something a wee bit more fun. And if we can chat about what are you yeah. doing now other than talking complete sense as a pundit? Rumour has it you're dabbling in the gin business. Oh, God, I'm going to have one now after this uh, exhausting <laughs> talk with you. No, oh, kidding. thanks. Thanks a lot. Uh, <laughs> no, it's been great. Uh, yeah, no, uh, it's actually... Uh, I wish I was the one brewing the gin, but obviously uh, it's true first start. And, and I'm very proud, actually, to be one of the four to, 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 to put the face on, on this gin. It's four different flavors. You know, it's myself, uh, uh, Chris Aston, Lubu, and, and, and Frank McElwain, you know. So, so obviously when they asked me, you know, I, I didn't hesitate, you know. I like gin as well, you know. Uh, so so uh, that, that's uh, the... All the talk about health, uh, being healthy, uh, out of the window. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, it's, so obviously uh, it's 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 a good thing. First Star is very, you know, it's uh, quite connected to Celtic as well, you know, which is uh, very good. And uh, and we hope obviously when the world opens up that we can, you know, uh, you know, come over to Scotland. You know, a lot of us ex-players to do, you know, Q and A's and all that, you know. But uh, it's a great game. Uh, regardless of which one you, uh, which flavor you are uh, favoring, it's uh, something that uh, everyone who likes uh, a wee bit of gin should have in the room where they can have a wee tip of it. Well, I was going to move on to your gin um, shortly after my next point, but I wanted to ask: Have you always <laughs> have you always been a gin fan? Um, and see, when you were pl- in your playing days. Is that what you would have for a bevy, or were you more into beer, or was it other alcohol? Uh, no, I've never been a, yeah, obviously I can drink a pint, it's nothing better than a really, really hot summer day to have a pint, but uh, no, I've never been a beer drinker, really, you know, I like my red wine, uh, and obviously I was quite old, if, if you put it in that sense, when, when, when I was signed by Celtic, you know, so obviously I, I've learned to enjoy dinners afterwards, not to going gang-ho and enjoy, you know, a great steak with red wine, you know. But uh, what I really love, and it's very obviously Scottish, is a wee dram, you know. <laughs> so instead of this gin, I should actually I should actually come over and do my own whiskey, but my own, not first dog, because they're not allowed. They have this gin. <laughs> so, uh, no, I like, I, I really like my whiskey, you know, and that's something that I'm, you know, very fond of, you know, so a wee dram. You know, I've got to say, I can't imagine. You were in that iconic back three of it was yourself, Big Bobo, and it was Yosso Harden as well, right? They only drank milk, Bobo and Yosso. <laughs> I was about so, to say, see, I don't know if this is a wind up or not, because I can imagine you having a drink. I can't imagine Big Bobo having a beer, though. No, uh, I can't. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen Bobo having a beer. A serious man. So you kindly sent us a bottle of your apple and rhubarb first uh, gin for a lucky fan, and it's signed as well. However, people can actually buy this online. Johan, if people miss out on this brilliant competition that Gig Pod are doing, where can they find this gin online and get that? <laughs> that that's the trickiest question you asked me. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can read it out if you want. I just thought you wanted to do your wee promo here. 
now. I've got enough promo, you know. I've just said you have to get it. You have to get it. Especially the afternoon rhubarb. That's the best flavor. And the allergen is the one. <laughs> But uh, you can probably tell everyone where they should get it. Fine, I'll do that job then and I'll say to everyone here that <laughs> if you do decide to go with Johan Yalby's apple and rhubarb gin signed as well, may I add, it will be at first-star-gin-myshopify.com and I think it came after, what, it was about a week or something as well, it was a quite quick turnaround in, the, in these challenging times, Johan. Yeah, we do our best, you know. Well, I really hope that... Whoever that enters the competition enjoys it, and <laughs> and I hope that if they haven't won, they've enjoyed this podcast that we've put out um, in association with it. So I just wanted to say this has been another gig pod chats to episode. I hope everyone's had a great one. Uh, I'm Stevie, and you can find us on Twitter at GigPod, and we're on all the usual podcast platforms from iTunes, Spotify to even Amazon and Google Podcasts. Johan, as far as I'm aware. You're not on Twitter, but you are on social media. You're on Instagram, and I will plug that to the fans as well on the promo, if you like. Brilliant, brilliant. That's fine, that's fine. Well, listen, thanks a lot for coming on, uh, and have a great Christmas. And you too, and you too, and uh, to all the Celtic supporters, you know. I thoroughly enjoyed the interview, and obviously, fingers crossed now, uh, we're going to start... To uh, not only play better, but to get the results, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, uh, hopefully uh, finish with the title and this historic, you know, seven in a row. That's what we all all to wish for. Podcast Network.